Well, the advances in medical science have been obvious to anyone who's been paying attention, been living longer than 20 or 30 years. You know things that people like us in our youth knew completely differently. For example, when I was a young kid, if somebody said the C word that you developed cancer, that was pretty much a death sentence. That's certainly no longer the case today. Treatments have been getting better. Surgeries have been getting better. But the surgeries may be about to be taking a downturn for reasons that may not be very clear to some people, but could be really quite a serious problem. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott. Uh, Gentlemen, and for those of you out there watching, um, my father uh, was uh, GI generation, and he had a particular problem with kidney stones. And when he would have kidney stone operations, he'd disappear into the hospital for about 10 days. And when he would emerge, he would have a scar from the front of his ribs mm. to, the, to the back of his ribs and enough stitches in there that it looked like he had three footballs that had been grafted to his abdomen over the course of his life. Enormous incisions with huge stitches, really just looked like they did the surgery with an axe. 25, 30 years ago, I had a vertebrae removed, had a small incision on the front of my neck, was done with extraordinarily precise set of remote operation uh, tools. And without exaggeration, this is the truth, the day after the surgery, I saw the surgeon at Sonny's Barbecue in, uh, in Gainesville, Florida, and he said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great. And his son said, who is that guy? I said, well, I just removed one of his vertebrae and fused it together. 23 hours ago. So all of this is great, but where's, so where's the problem? Well, here's the problem. What, what medical colleges are discovering now is that the incoming crop of, of new surgeons is not that they're stupid. It's not that they don't know what they're doing in terms of their, their brains. Their hands don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Operations that used to take two or three hours are taking four, five, or six hours because the surgeons do not have the manual dexterity in order to perform surgery. And they don't have the manual dexterity because they have never led a life where they did anything more complicated than swipe left or swipe right. They never, they never built model airplanes. They never worked on cars. Most importantly, they never wrote cursive language. Their ability to control their hands is markedly deficient and it's getting worse on a daily basis. We're rapidly approaching the point in time where we may, we may be looking at surgeries where the problem with the surgery is the surgeon doesn't have the skill needed to perform the surgery. So here's a little um, background for you. Chicago transplant surgeon Dr. Maria Simiano stated, this is a quote, they, medical students, are already in their residencies and yet they don't have a good feeling about their hands and you observe them getting frustrated, they are impatient, there's blood all over. That's got a nice ring yeah. to it. Uh, a a, a follow-up quote by a guy with a rather suspicious name, Dr. Roger Kneebone of Imperial College London, <laughs> stated, quote, It's a concern of mine and my scientific colleagues that whereas in the past you could make the assumption that students would leave school able to do certain practical things like cutting things out, making things, that's no longer the case. Uh, Steve, I remember back in the PJTV days, I don't know if we did a story about this or not, but I remember seeing something that alarmed me. It was a study in Britain that said that five or six-year-olds could no longer stack blocks, that they did not have the, the physical dexterity to put one wooden block on top of another one simply because this kind of thing, you know, turning a screwdriver, uh, undoing a spark plug from a car, swinging a baseball bat, writing your name, all of these things require hand-eye coordination and, and manual dexterity, and they didn't have it. And I thought, well, that could be bad. And I promptly forgot all about it. And now we find out, no, this is getting to be a real problem.
all I can say is um, now let me let me back up a little bit. You you talk about building model airplanes. Uh, when I was a kid, it wasn't airplanes necessarily. It was usually spaceships, Star Wars, Star Trek, mm-hmm. whatever you got. And uh, the building of those was that was the, that was the step I had to take to get to the part that I liked, and that was painting them. There, there was something about the, the precision of that, the, the mixing of the paint to get the, the color just right, um, the, the application of it. Um, um, you e- got to hold that thing very oh, steady. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I came up with stuff like uh, mixing black paint into paint thinner to do the, the scarring that you'd see on, on Luke's X-Wing, that, that, that kind of thing. Um, Weathering. It, 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 it was a lot of fun. And then the finishing step, once you got – Everything it was as good as you were ever going to paint this thing. Was getting your uh, spray can of uh, clear matte acrylic and applying that to to take that plastic shine off of the uh, off the model paint and off the the, the plastic itself of the model. And there were, there was such a joy in that. I tried to get my kids into it. I I never was able to. But but. Thank goodness. Uh, hopefully, this this is enough because this is really concerning. Um, I got them into Lego when they were young. Uh, Lego was my favorite toy as a kid, and I've got a barking dog. Sorry about that. Lego was my favorite toy as a kid. Um, I I would go through the catalog before every birthday and every Christmas to uh, find the set that I wanted, not because I thought the set was cool, but because it had particular pieces I needed to build the thing that I actually wanted to make. Um, and that was a real joy. And I, I stepped my kids up really quickly. Uh, you know, oh, I know you're only five and I know this one says you're supposed to be eight years old. Don't worry about it. You got this. Um, and the, the sets now, some people think they're, they're, they're too detailed or whatever, but no, I think it's great because, uh, mechanically there's a lot going on in there. And I think that teaches kids, not just how to use their hands, but to see how things work, uh, how things how things gear and and all of that stuff. I, I think they're wonderful. Um, but if I had to go back and change change one thing, and and demand that the schools do it as well, it's simply to to teach them cursive. Um, I sucked at it. I was just my handwriting was was never good. Not because I would, uh, lack the dexterity. I think part of it is just that I'm a lefty and yet lefties can't see what they're doing. Um, but it was difficult. And you learn to do it. And even if you couldn't do it well, you could do it well enough that people could see what you were writing and that you learned how to do this difficult task. Um, the idea of a surgeon with blood everywhere <laughs> when clearly they operate, they they fused your vertebra without getting blood all over the place. Um, this wasn't one of the new guys. He He was... You know, he was in his 60s back in 1990-something. Yeah. Um, if, God forbid, I ever need to get operated on, I'm going to want a guy now who's got to be in his 80s. We're going the wrong direction. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, Scott, this is not the kind of thing that you can take a remedial class for. You know, it's not like you not like you sat out intestine day. Uh, this, these motor skills are developed early, and if they're not developed early, they are extraordinarily difficult to, to – uh, to bring into you know any kind of serviceable uh, level later in life. Uh, here's just another quote from this because I think people like us forget just how many things we did with our hands that aren't done with the hands today. 
So this quote from the same article goes on to say, the aforementioned physicians attribute the lack of properly developed manual dexterity to children no longer being taught things that had developed their fine motor skills. Many kids no longer learn to play musical instruments. Mm. They don't knit, crochet, or use cursive writing. They do not do art, craft projects, or woodworking. Education systems tend to focus students strictly on book studies instead of developing a child's total personality. As such, many medical students have book smarts but are all thumbs because they have grown up using keyboards, cell phones, and video games more than anything else. And here's something that occurred to me, Scott. I, I think one way to discover just how serious this problem would be would be to set up a, a sort of a, a just a, a random field experiment test. And what I would do for this test is I would take, let's say, 200 surgeons who are 50 or 60 years or older versus 200 surgeons who are just coming out of school and I'd and I'd watch them play the game operation yeah. and I would see how they did with that now for those of you who are uh, you know in the computer age the game uh, operation was a manual dexterity game where there was essentially a patient and you had to connect rubber bands or you had to remove something you had to do very complex things with your tweezers and the sides of the thing were were uh, electrified so that if you touched it, it just went err, and his red nose lit up and you failed and you had to do it again. So just playing operation turns out makes you into a much better surgeon than, than, than playing, you know, operation with your thumbs on a, on a iPad or something. There are a whole bunch of fascinating things about this topic. I mean, number one is the idea that um, we think of medicine as essentially an intellectual profession that takes a superior brain and long years of study exactly. and heavy bookwork and all that kind of stuff, uh, when really, in some ways, it's a very old practical trade. It's one of the few career uh, options that pays really well today where you have to use your hands and you have to use them in very precise ways. Um, and like you said, you know, how, how many kids are still playing musical instruments? Uh, would that make a difference? Uh, if we had uh, penmanship classes, if kids uh, who were kind of on a track to someday become a doctor had to learn calligraphy. Um, I have this, this tablet thing, so I, I do a lot of handwritten notes on this uh, thing. It's called a Remarkable. And one of the things that I downloaded was a PDF document that basically taught me how to write cursive because I was never any good at it. I mean, I had to do it when I was in school, but as soon as I could abandon it, I did. Um, and literally, Same. it has dotted lines that you follow so you could do this. And then, because I read the Bible and kind of try to better understand it, I got one for Greek letters. And that's even more complicated. And you should see my handwriting on Greek letters. It looks like a, a kindergartner. It's, you know, I'm shaky, um, the, my lines aren't right and everything like that because my I have no practice doing those strange letters. And if you show up at medical school and have not already developed fine motor skills of manual dexterity, I, I can't imagine how you're going to get through the process unless they don't have nearly enough practical work. The other thing that occurred to me, Bill, in addition to the, you know, the many fewer mechanics in our lives today compared to, let's say, my grandfather's generation when everybody had to be a mechanic. I mean, when you bought the Model T Ford, it came with a toolkit and instructions on how to fix things. 
So, and, uh, you know. You could actually get to the engine instead yes. of that plastic cover. And that, a large part yeah. of our success in, in battlefield innovation, especially in World War II and later, had to do with the fact that there were so many shade tree mechanics among the GIs who knew how to work with their hands, who could figure things out, who knew how to jerry-rig something mm -hmm. uh, and, and make do with the situation. The other thing that occurs to me is, I, I, and I don't know numbers on this, but my guess is we've had a drastic drop-off in in people with battlefield surgery experience. So we've had, you know, two, we had the major World War II, we had the Korean, we had the Vietnam War, and there were a lot of people who I imagine when they left military service went into, you know, continued their careers in the medical profession who had rapid fire experience, literally, uh, doing one surgery after another and having to develop that manual dexterity and that speed in order to, to triage somebody and get them moved to the next process. And so we probably lost something sadly, with the loss of people who had wartime experience at doing this. So I, I think, you know, if you're an educator in, in a medical school, you should be looking at kindergarten and first grade and saying, okay, what can we do in general to increase um, kids' fine motor skills at that level or earlier? Um, if you're a parent or a grandparent right now, maybe you're getting your kids some blocks, and maybe you're spending a little less time with the screen and a little more time putting together, you know, the 997-piece Lego Batmobile or whatever the current version of that is, um, where you're, you're developing those skills. And maybe you're doing what my grandmother did, which was making us sit down at the kitchen table and actually write out the times tables on graph paper or write mm -hmm. out sentences, wow. yeah. you know. Or or a hundred times on the blackboard, I That's shall not throw, you know, <laughs> rubber cement at but, Mrs. Dawson. But it was dog. And, whatever, and if you're yeah. a parent who's who's queasy about that and says, well, I don't know, the kids are already burdened with enough homework. I'll tell you what, when we came home and my grandmother asked if we had any homework, we always said yes. Because if we said no, we would get her homework. And her homework was harder <laughs> than school homework. Now, nevertheless, if we got our homework done, there was usually some of her homework still to do. So in any case, I just think uh, this is a solvable problem. It's, it's not impossible. It may not be solvable for the 27-year-old for the internist who now has to somehow yes. develop fine motor skills that he never picked up in childhood. Um, first of all, this is a little off topic, but uh, I, I just find it somewhat depressing to, to say that the your, your remark about not having surgeons who knew how to deal with gunshot injuries, I'm sorry to say that for quite a long time now in American society, that actually works backwards. Medics from the Army used to go to Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami mm -hmm. in order to study how to operate on gunshot wounds. That's If you really want to operate on gunshot wounds, you go to America's uh, cities, and that's where you go to treat gunshot victims. There, there's a lot to this, folks. Um, the uh, the uh, That manual dexterity thing is cer certainly a perishable skill. When I was in high school, I just took up an interest in calligraphy for whatever reason, and I actually got pretty good at it. I got good enough at it to the point where my handwriting was actually pretty decent. And uh, several times in the last year or two, I've had to, I've wanted to write a personal letter to somebody, and I just started to think, what, what the hell happened? What, 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 <laughs> you know, what happened? The that is is a, a a very important skill, not just because of what it allows you to do, but the the brain hand combination is is a feedback loop on on the long term of evolution. 
the human brain developed in complete harmony and, and with the support of the human hand. As our hands were able to do more complex things that required a more intense neural network that made us smarter and allowed us to build finer tools, those finer tools required even more fine uh, manipulation. So this hand-brain hand connection is a, is a serious issue. Um, this isn't one of those okay boomer kind of things, you know. It's not like, hey, you know, okay, well, you used to do this, and you know, I used to write on, you know, stone knives, bearskins, and all the rest of it. It's it's a real issue. And just so we're crystal clear on this too, uh, for those of you thinking, oh, the boomers are going to get best at everything. People who are who have decent hand, decent coordination, decent, manual dexterity, I should say. And I've got decent manual dexterity. I remember the first time I removed a difficult spark plug from my 1970 Camaro. I felt like the king of the mm. world because I worked on that thing for damn near an hour and, <laughs> and, and, and my knuckles were bloody, but I finally got it off. When I was when I was flying, I had parts with airplanes. I had to try and do that. I just couldn't do it. I'd take it to an aircraft mechanic, and this guy, be, it'd be 10 seconds for him to do the exact same thing because his dexterity was that good. Um, it's a it's a serious serious issue, and if I were a parent who is facing this thing, uh, what I would do is I would try to get my kids interested in magic, in hand magic, because what magicians are capable to do with dexterity boggles the mind. Anyone who's ever watched a decent um, hand magician make a card disappear, a coin appear, make something appear when they're not wearing. So just it's, it's absolutely astonishing. But what they're basically doing is they're holding that quarters being held there between them. You know, they drop it as their hand drops. It's important to be able to manipulate the real world in things like this, and it's not just in medicine as well. Um, it's been my uh, one of my great honors in my life to get to know uh, both uh, Bert and Dick Rutan. And Dick Rutan was the guy who flew the Voyager around the world, but the Voyager was essentially an unflyable airplane. It was just a flying fuel tank. Its stability was appalling. Uh, when Dick complained to his brother Bert that this airplane won't turn, Bert said, Dick, this is an around-the-world flight. You don't have to turn that airplane. Just keep going <laughs> straight till you come back home. Um, uh, but, but Dick Rutan was known for, and is still known as the velvet arm. He's the velvet arm. His his manual precision was so great, and his hand was so steady when he needed it to be, that all of these oscillations that this plane just would normally want to go into, Dick just corrected them out. And if we don't start addressing this issue, the first thing we're going to see, it's going to be see problems with surgeons, we see problems with, with fine mechanics and that kind of thing. Then we're going to start seeing problems with airline pilots who are having a difficult time with the manual dexterity necessary to do all these things and the muscle memory and so on. And this problem is going to work its way lower and lower and lower till we may find ourselves with very, very, very brilliant people who can't do anything. You know, it's, it's like they say things like, well, you know, it's not brain surgery. Brain surgery is not just knowing what to pull on and what not to pull on. It's being able to pull on the things you're supposed to pull on and not pull on the things you're not supposed to be able to pull on. And there is no technological fix for this. So maybe a little less time on the device, maybe a little less time on that, maybe a little more time playing baseball, bowling, any of these things, really. But for God's sakes, people, start doing something because I don't want to be operated on some by ha by some hand-handed ham-handed guy who, you know, who, who, who starts the incision, which is so small here like this, that, you know, he starts it back here someplace and ends it on the other side of my back and, and, and removes the wrong vertebrae on top of it. I'm not in the mood for that at all. For Steve Green and Scott Ott, I'm Bill Whittle. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Right Angle.